I'll never forget because honestly, mate, that hard work phase was so brutal. It's like a scar on my body now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I, I never, I knew what it took me to get me here. And I've now gone from the working hard to the working smart, which sounds cheesy, but it is true. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Dan Meredith. Now, uh, Dan is an old friend, a semi-old friend. I think we started talking sometime last year. And uh, he's done a lot of cool things in the last 12 months, 12, 18 months or something. So I asked him, can I get you on the podcast so I can pick your brain? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> like, you absolute plum. So anyway, Dan is Dan is a marketer. He, like, we're going to talk about his story. I'll let him tell. Uh, you know, it's a very detailed, really, you know, lots of cool stuff happening. He's working with a bunch of uh, marketers that have probably been on this podcast that are all in, you know, all over the industry. Anyway, he's done lots of cool stuff. So we'll get into that. And uh, you may remember Dan from the videos that we did in September when we're both at uh, the Titans of Direct Response. We spoke about, I don't know, Dan, what was it, Dan uh, Kennedy and some of those guys and also Lady Boys. And Lady Boys. Lady lots Boy. lots of Lady Boy-based discussions, yes. which was crucial, crucial to marketing. Key, key, key part there. <laughs> so, Dan, what's up, man? How you going? I'm doing absolutely brilliant, mate. I'm just wrapping up things here on a Friday. I just... Uh, for anyone, um, I'm apologizing in advance. I do tend to let the odd swear word out. And the, the event I've just finished was called Free Ship Friday in my uh, a group I set up called um, Coffee with Dan, which was just a little accountability group that I set up because I couldn't, none of my, I don't live near anyone sort of entrepreneurial. So I kind of decided to set up this little group uh, for hopefully about 15, 20 of my friends. And I think we're about 700 now. It's crazy. But once in a blue moon, we do something called Free Ship Friday and we just, I encourage everyone to give stuff away. And I think I literally just left the conversation because I said, I've got to go. But we're close to 300 comments and about $45,000 worth of stuff just been given away. So crazy group. Coffee with Dan. Coffee with Dan. That'd be a crazy coffee. (laughs) Amount of vodka I put in mine, my friend. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. (laughs) All right, well, let's let's get back into the story. I don't know if you told this before, but let's go back home. I think what people will find value in is the whole understanding where people come from because Mm-hmm. Everyone says the end result, which is, you know, so-and-so's, you know, working for this guy, working, you know, you know a lot of people are like, oh, John's got all these guys on his podcast, for example. Like, how the hell do you do that? And the honest answer is I just emailed people, um, which is, you know, the answer for a lot of this stuff. But people really appreciate hearing the story of when, what it was like when you weren't successful, when life kind of sucked. So tell me about that. Yeah, well, career-wise, uh, flip between kind of recruitment and sort of personal training and a bit of consultancy. Um, at the age of... 33, I'm just turned 35, I decided that I really wasn't very happy with my life. And I decided to take what little savings, and they were little, um, even though I'd had some all right jobs before, I just kind of, you know, there's never enough money in the pot. I took what little I had, um, maxed out, I think it was four credit cards um, to quite a pretty penny, and opened myself a personal training gym gym, uh, facility. And before long, I was down to, so I'll do it in dollars, because the international language of marketing, uh, about $40 a week to live off. And we were making decisions, you know, is it food or is it fuel today? And we would, some days we would eat, and some days we would put money in the car so we could get to work and get to clients. So yeah, it started off uh, pretty lean, to be honest. And I heard about copywriting 
I can remember this. It was December 18th in 2013. So I've only been in the, in the game for, what's that, 18, 19 months? Maybe 20? I don't even know. So yeah, that's how long it's been for me. And it started off with a guy called Paul Mott, who does fitness marketing in the UK. And I learned about what copy was from him. Then I thought this was fascinating, applied it to my own business. More money started coming in. I thought, this is awesome. Then I came across Ben Settle, uh, Andre Chaperone, yourself, John. And then it was the copy hour as well. And I just became obsessive about it. And I just bought everything to do with copy. And, you know, I was a bit of a bit of a nut job with it to be honest because like for example you're supposed to do the copy hour over a year i decided to do it in three months did like five hours a day of handwritten copy um yeah it was intense but that was my that was my starting point piss poor and with absolutely no idea what i was doing hmm. that's a cool uh it's a cool start i'm curious when, when you mentioned that you said you um, you had 40 dollars a week to live on i've never actually asked you this what did mm. you eat when it came to eating <laughs> what did you eat do you know what mate it's, it was it was uh, oats tins of tuna and beans that was it mixed together just uh, not all the time but yeah the oats were separate generally and then it was tuna and beans it was just the most simple you know kind of the cheapest most calorie dense protein filled food i could get um for as least money as possible one of the things we got in the habit of doing was going down to a supermarket we have here called tesco's and you go if you get there about 9 30 they shut at 10 um there'd be all the food that was going to be thrown away that day so we got pretty good at sussing out when the uh, the cheap food was going to be put up, and we would eat. You know, we just grab whatever we could. It was you know usually at a discount. So yeah, they kind of recognised us, and we'd always be the first ones there to grab the uh, bargains. Nice. Okay. I'm really curious what what oats. This is totally unrelated. Maybe I'm just in a funny mood today. But oats, beans, and tuna blended up the, together in a smoothie they, with a bit of water. What would I imagine like? it would taste bloody awful, Jonathan. But that. I actually do have the ability to separate my foodstuffs, and since we've last met, I've now mastered the spoon. So cutlery <laughs> is actually something that I can use, Jonathan. Thank you. Good. I mean, I, I was speaking more for me. I mean, I used to, when I was in Thailand, it was like smoothies. It was a huge smoothie every morning just because I couldn't be bothered to sit down and eat. It was just quicker to make a smoothie and then just drink it while I'm you know, doing my stuff, whatever I happen to be doing that morning. Moisturizing, knowing you. Well, well sometimes I'd use the smoothie to moisturize. I mean, that was... Anyway. Would you uh, be drinking the smoothie when you drive <laughs> one of your two pairs of underwear, Jonathan? <laughs> Getting distracted. So what, so what happened next? I mean, what was the – you've gone from like this, uh, you know, from $40 a week, you know, spending on food to, you know, sort of working for um, – almost getting mentored and working for a few uh, very interesting people. And now – I mean, we haven't spoken actually in a few months. So I'm not even sure where you are now or like what's going it's on for you. pretty cool right now to be honest, mate. Okay. Okay. Well, tell me about that. Let's do that first. What's going on right now? And then we can circle back and look at what, what happened in the journey. Well, okay. So currently, I okay. So we've still got the gym. That's like turning over, you know, a very comfortable uh, amount. And I don't do anything for that. I've now got this coffee with Dan Group, which obviously started off as a bit of a fun. But you know, to put it in perspective, it, I did well a, a high five figures in one afternoon a few weeks ago from that group. Um, it's turned out to be crazy responsive. So I've got whole group of coaching clients, private coaching clients. I've got a copywriting team. So I've got four copywriters that work for me. Uh, I've got a supplement coming out and I now own a majority stake in a half million a year um, digital um, product company. So it's been a bit nuts, to be honest, John. Okay, okay. And you're still doing, because last time we spoke, you were doing a whole bunch of set. You were just basically on Facebook all day doing deals. 
Yeah, I mean that's still. I mean we've still got that was for the the copywriting the copywriting agency, and that's kind of fully booked at the moment. Um, you know, we generally we, we were retained by four large clients, and that covers. I mean, that in itself is a is a big business on its own, and that's only in the kind of health, wellness, fitness, nutrition sector. And yeah, went to an event and that, and then we picked up two, you know, beasts in the in the marketplace, and that's actually been something that's very useful. Is the events that I've gone to, every single event I've gone to has made me money. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I've got uh, you know about ten staff now, um, all around the world, a couple full time, and yeah, and I just literally do what I want. I mean, pr- honestly, I preach this to the group I teach. I do about, and I learned this from you. I think you were talking about something you learned from James Shramko with the kind of ninety-minute blockings. Yeah. So I either do three ninety minutes or two two hours a day, and that's it. That's all I do. Nice. Everything else is automated. I mean, honestly, I can fold my business up. I mean, realistically, as long as I check my emails once a day, spend about an hour or so on Facebook, I'm good. Yeah. It's funny when you have that, everyone has that transition point when you're going to go from, uh, you know, doing the work to going, oh, like I don't actually have to do the work. I can just hire other people and, and charge a little bit more for what I'm offering. And yeah. Then done. All you're really doing, you're sort of the chess player at that point. That's the thing. And at the moment, you know, we, we had a, um, one of our, you know, retained copy clients drop off the other week. And because now, I'm just renowned for that. It's it's no stress, mate. I mean, this is the beautiful thing. When you you know, I'm a big fan. We've spoke about this before, like the power of niching down. Like mm. people know exactly what I do. So it's so simple for me to pitch now because I just you know I have a team of copywriters, all ex fitness and nutrition professionals, all fully trained, copy chiefed. So when I pitch in, it's kind of a no brainer for people. I take a lot of stress away from them by just handling all of their work. Right. Right, it's cool. But the funny thing is, like, you handle all of their work, but you don't do the work. I mean, that's the best bit, right? Yeah, well, that was the kind of the, the real, because obviously I started, you know, so we know we, we both, I mean, I still love writing copy. Um, I still do enjoy it, but it's more kind of for fun now and just doing on bits and pieces that I enjoy. Um, the thing that I did is I soon realized once I got my apprentice in, trained him up, um, then kind of, you know, kept doing that. Then I realized I was the one uh, checking all the work still, so it's still kind of on my head. And then I just basically approached, um, and I won't name him because it's, he kind of keeps it under the hat, but you know, a known copy mental. And I said, look, for an hour a week, will you just, you know, maybe an hour or two a week, will you just go through all the work that my team create and give it your critique? And he was like, yeah, we pay him a, you know, a decent retainer for that. So the whole system I'm hands off of now. It just works without me. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's zoom out for a second. So like 18 months to 20, 18 months to 24 months, so almost almost <laughs> two years ago was when you got started. You had 40 bucks a week to spend on oats, beans, and tuna. And then now <laughs> you've got this thing where you've got a few different businesses going on, a bit more of a, uh, more definitely moving more into that. I don't know if it's good. I don't know. It's more of like, I feel like that's the entrepreneurial role. Like you've got that transition from you have a job, then you yep. start a business and you're self-employed, but that's really just a job. You're just employing yourself. Correct. And I don't know what the next step is. But the next step seems to be something like you get to the point where you get other people in. Oh, yeah, this is, I think it's the four cash flow quadrants. It's one of those rich dad books. That's what he calls it anyway. So you go from oh, okay. that employed to self-employed to business owner, which is where, let's say, you're at right now. The next step is investor, which is where you just have money you give it to everyone else to run the businesses. But it's yeah, just a cool that's thing when… where I'm just, I'm just morphing into that one right now because obviously I did my first sort of investment um, about six weeks ago okay. and already you know paying off. And it's, and it's good and it's, be- it's great as well because you suddenly there's people out there who can… Um, you can help and you can work with and yeah it's uh, it's fantastic mate I mean honestly the, the, you know the thing that I like and something I've realized the more I give away so the more money I invest or just give to people to do things with the more that comes back and it's really weird it's something that I never th- you know I've heard about that you know concept before 
and it works. Simple as that. Right, right, absolutely. So, what's what's really interesting here, I think, well, what what uh, the listeners are going to be interested in is what do you think? And this is always like you know you never really can be 100 percent sure about exactly why we're successful because there's a lot mm-hmm. of you know, a lot of sort of luck and variables that happen into it. But what do you think? What do you think are some of the factors that have made you have what a lot of people would call a very rapid ascent in the business world? I think okay, you know the concept of you know just create this site, click on this button, make all the monies automated. Yeah, it works to a degree, but I'm not that. I've seen it firsthand. You know, I've met a lot of people, know a lot of successful people. And there's what I think a lot of people don't realize is there is a, fact, a period of grind that you have to go through. And there is a crappy period where you are putting in long hours and things aren't working. And you're just putting content and pitches out over and over again. And I'd say the thing that has made me successful is the fact that I have had some very tough you know, corporate and non-corporate jobs before where you had to work hard. And I decided to approach that. I, it got to the point where, yeah, I mean, I won't lie, you know, my health suffered. Uh, my relationship suffered, you know, mental health, physical health, you know, injuries occurred, digestion got screwed, sleep got destroyed, you know, had a little bit too much of a fondness with the drink because you get stressed and it was one of the only ways to kind of, I found, unfortunately, to relax. And one of the things I, I look back on that period of time now, in I've said to myself before, you know, I've worked hard, you know, I've put in like a 12 or a 15 hour day or whatever. But that period of time, so it's about six months, I would say, I have never worked that hard in my life. I literally, there's, there wasn't an ounce of energy spare. There was nothing else I could have done to do any better. So when people say they're working hard, I often question them. I'm like, are you really? You know, is there any, you know, I get to the end of the day and I always think to myself, thought to myself, should I say, is there anything else I could have done to make today successful? And if there was back in those days, I would get out of bed and I would do it. And I knew it wasn't going to last forever, but I thought if I can just absolutely crush it for sort of six six months or so yeah i've transformed my life and if you say to most people look i'm gonna do the equivalent of you know you're gonna break your back for six months it's gonna be hell you're gonna hate life you're not gonna have fun but after those six months your life will change forever i think most people would take that but a lot of the people who are online and offline who sort of you know promise these overnight successes and get rich quick schemes and you know all this kind of stuff it's it's bullshit um, there is a period of hard work in there, but you know, if you're prepared to do it and you, you know, you've got a decent idea and you're, you know, a good person, you actually want to do something good in the world. And that's the thing, like what I've wanted to do, I've wanted to help people. And I've always had people in mind first and that's the thing. So basically hard work, not giving up, like being a relentless bastard. I mean, just like you are with your, um, podcast bookings, I'm the same with with my, with my pitching. I'm relentless and that's it. And it's accepting that the fact that people, you know, it is a busy world now and people are never going to get back to you straight away, but just be, you know, never really given up and just going, you know, going the extra mile, mate. Like it's, it is hard work and anyone who says it isn't is lying. But once you get past that stage, kind of the stage where we are now, it's wonderful. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. An interesting thing here, I've been sort of wrestling with in my head for the last few weeks, maybe the last few months about this. It's like uh, on the one hand, there's a period of grind. And, and I think with everything, like even if we go and start a new business, like Elon Musk, for example, he grinds his ass off. So the grind never really ends, depending on what you're doing. It only sort of ebbs and flows a bit, depending on where you're at with the, what stage you're at in the business or start a new business manager, whatever. But there's this aspect of, I found for me, and I think for some people, that we get so attached to the grind that we, we get it, like our way of, like our identity is based on doing the work. And that identity of, of 
doing the work. Actually, I'm finding it holds it holds us back because then it, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a business owner, mm. not, not self-employed, you've got to get to the point where you, you don't derive your value, your identity off the amount of work that you do because at a certain point, you're going to hire a whole bunch of people to do all the work for you and you're not going to have that much left, not that much tangible stuff to do. You'll be doing strategy and thinking and deals and networking but a lot of that stuff's so intangible that you, you it, it's not going to make you feel productive the same way that sitting down and busting your balls to write a sales letter for three days is going to, you know, it's going to do. So there's this interesting, and I've just been, I think it's like it just takes a bit of, you've got to think through it and you know, it's, it's going to depend on the circumstance but it's an interesting idea of like how do you work hard and, and you know, cultivate that, cultivate a really, you know, really strong work ethic while at the same time remembering that if you want to be an entrepreneur, your job isn't to do the work so much as find really smart people to do the work for you so then you can focus on the more important higher level stuff like strategy and you know, you know, you know, uh, partnerships and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So yeah, I think for me, it's, I always, I've, I'll, I'll never forget because honestly, mate, that hard work phase was so brutal. It's like a scar on my body now, yeah? <laughs> I'll, I, I never, I knew what it took me to get me here. And I've now gone from the working hard to the working smart, which sounds cheesy, but it is true, um, philosophy. And I know, I know what I do to keep myself here, but I'm just about to enter a period of growth. So I'm going to have to go through probably another two to three months of not as crazy work as I've just done, but every time I want to kind of level up, I put in these kind of, you know, one to three month stints of intense growth. As in I put in, I, you know, I put in the longer hours, I put in the effort. And that's the thing, mate. I've realized as an entrepreneur, it's like if you're staying still, you're kind of not really doing it. It's like it's hard because I'm always wanting to do better. And I've, you know, I've, I used to have a real issue with money and kind of, you know, because my sister's not well and I was trying to, you know, provide for home and save for the future. I was a very, what the opposite of an abundant, scarcity mindset. And since I've gone to that more abundant mindset, and we've spoke about this before, it's just fantastic because I'm not scared of investing or spending or putting money into something now because I know if I do, you know, do the work, it'll come back. And that's the thing, mate. I've just realized that, you know, if I, as long as I, I'm consistent, so for example, I don't really have a day off. I work every day, but it's on my terms. So I'll do, you know, even on a weekend, I'll do one or two hours of work, but it just means that everything's ticking along. So for me, the key to not going back to where I was is not staying still. So I'm never complacent. And, you know, every every dollar, cent, penny, pound, rupee, whatever it is I'm given by anyone, I'm incredibly grateful for. And, you know, I'm always uh, very thankful for the fact that people have invested in me. And that's another key thing. Like I, I treat my customers and my clients like gold. And, it's, you know, once it's, we spoke about this before, it's far easier to keep them than it is to get a new customer. So I just look after the people that pay me money. And I'm very, very conscious to treat them very, very well. Yeah. Talking about networking, because this is something that you've <laughs> been, you've been like me and Rob, a mutual friend of ours, has, we've chatted about you before in the sense like you are an absolute machine when it comes to like networking and, and it's just this ability to connect with people that, mm-hmm. like I use my podcast to do it and that, that works for me. I get on the phone and sometimes they stick around and have a chat, we become friends, sometimes they don't. But you don't even have a podcast, you just somehow end up, and I've noticed, I've been surprised, at it. it's like, how are you even friends with them? I just, I, I don't know, it's bogged with me. So I'm like, how, what's, what's your, you know, what's your secret? Well, I've got, well, so secret number one is I'm very much a big believer in the kind of pay to play model. As in, I, every single penny that I, so sorry, when I bought your product, for example, mm. bought your product, consumed it, made an effort to connect with you, you know, 
about you know about my experience with your product, asked a few questions. So that was the first thing I did. So everyone whose product that I've purchased, only then do I connect with them. So I don't expect, you know, um, let's just say Ben Settle. Yeah. I didn't expect Ben to connect with me until I've purchased his product. Why should he? But by the, you know, I've bought his product, I'm a customer, you know. I just I would send them a friend request, send them an email, say hello, and I did this with everyone. So, firstly, on the kind of courses front, anyone you know, if I wanted to connect with someone, I would buy their shit because, at the very least, it's a kind of small token to say, you know, I'm interested in your product, your service, you know, you, what you're about. And it wasn't necessarily there wasn't like a grand master plan. I just felt it was a logical thing to do. You know, bought their product, use it, you know, give them a testimonial, a bit of feedback, say hello, get a connection with them. Um, but then, equally, the main thing that I've been particularly good at is going to and you know paid masterminds uh paid events you know we went to you know we were at titans went to ryan's oceans four been to joe polish's 25k you know i go to these things and i pay to be there you know i'm not a freeloader and when i'm at these events like i don't i see networking it's one of those words i find really quite unpleasant i don't see what i do as networking i actually really love people and if, if there's going to be one secret it's actually really loving connecting with people, hearing their stories and having a genuine interest in them. If you go into these kind of conversations, just thinking about yourself as in what can I get out of this? It, it always fails wrong. I mean, we won't name names, but do you remember the gentleman who just collected business cards at Titans? Remember that? Jonathan? Yeah. Did it dip off there? Sorry, mate. It dropped off there. Well, actually, I made a mistake. I've been putting myself on mute because I may or may not be eating my lunch <laughs> right now. And so, you know, when okay, you put yourself sorry, on mate, mute, I and then you forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, do you remember the guy at um, Titans who just collected business cards? I do, yes. <clears throat> was Didn't you just find that cringeworthy? There's a yeah, it was totally, I and mean, this is like events in general. There's always, the, like, there's always that guy, or there's usually a few of yeah. those guys who, they're just weird about it. They're just like, come on, man, like, just be cool. And that's it. So I would say most of my best, you know, if I'm going to have to call it networking, would happen at the bars afterwards. As in, it's really casual. I mean, yeah, there might be someone who I might, you know, who I'm thinking, do you know, what? I'd really love to talk to them, but I wouldn't just steam over and go, you know, oh, oh talk to me. Well, yeah, this you know, is uh, the Titans, right? We'd I'd say like, like Dan you know, Kennedy, remember? Yeah, and it's like <laughs> just you put yourself in a situation where you're likely to talk to them. So I would either stand at the bar. Or, you know, if I see them going somewhere I want to go, I might walk along near them or get into the lift with them. And just, it's a natural process. You don't see me darting across, you know, a bloody conference room trying to grab someone's attention because it just looks awful. So, I mean, the key to say is, is so a couple of keys for networking is number one is want to actually be friends with people. Like, you know, be a normal person, just be interested in their story as much as, you know, they hopefully will be in yours. And number two, just be natural. You know, if you don't end up meeting someone, I mean, this is a little tip from my recruitment days. I used to do it when I used to go to kind of these um, big industry events. The very, you know, if you didn't get to meet someone, it's not a biggie. I used to find by sending them a message afterwards saying like, I did this with quite a few people who were at Titan, so I just didn't get to meet because it was so damn busy. I would literally drop them a message on Facebook or on their email or on their blog or whatever it was and say, hey, we're both at Titans, really wanted to, you know, have a chat to you at some point. Shame we didn't get to meet. When would be good for a you know quick five ten minutes on Skype? Yeah. So how how casual is that? Super casual. You know, we've got the commonality of the event. And I might even mention something. So I might say, yeah, you know, you know, didn't get a chance to see you at Titans. You know, by the way, what did you think of Ken McCarthy's bit? I really loved that on the end of the first day. So you've got a nice little you know shows you were there. It's real. It's human. And then just be normal. Seriously, the best thing I say about networking is just don't be a frigging weirdo. I mean, part of this comes down to like just. 
uh, sort of just social skills. Like you get a lot of, I mean, this is the funny thing too. Like this internet marketing thing, like attracts a lot of weirdos because, you know, you can just sit on your computer inside and, you know, dark basement and, you know, I don't know, advertise porn or something weird like that. <laughs> but, but so what, so you get these like people, you know, a whole lot of people who get into it who never, I don't know, just never, you know, they just didn't develop social skills. So then you go to these conferences and there's these people who, they're just weird. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they can be. They can yeah, be weird, weird is cool. Weird's cool, but like when it comes to networking, like it helps if you go and you know take some time to develop and learn how to be, be cool. Yeah, it's like and to be honest, it's a learned skill. You know, I'm not naturally, you know, <laughs> but it is, <laughs> mate. I said, shut up, you. <laughs> um, but it's um, it's you know it's a practice skill. I said this to someone the other day when I started in recruitment. I was told to go out every lunchtime to practice my people skills and get someone's email address every day. So day in, day out, it's just like whether it's, you know, running or weight training or dieting or anything, it was consistency. So I spent, you know, weeks and weeks and I think it was months, about two months I think I did it for, every single day forcing myself to interact with strangers. And I was naturally quite a very shy, quiet kid. I really was. You wouldn't believe it, but this is a practice and learned state and it can be learned, but you kind of have to you know, the first few times you do it, it's like kind of going up and asking someone out the first time. It's like awkward. You bumble, you don't know what to say, you say something stupid. But it's just practice, mate. And that's what I did. I did, you know, a couple of months in my early 20s. I just went out day in, day out, spoke to people. Very uncomfortable to start off with. But then it became natural to the point where I can do it anywhere now. Awesome. You there? Yeah, uh, mate. Just, yeah. Yep. Just was, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, just, I, don't know, I don't know what happened with whoever this was. So, Are you just going to edit this bit out then? No, I'm going to leave this totally in. Brilliant. <laughs> really good job. So what, what were we talking about right before I uh, rudely interrupted there? It was um, uh, I don't know because I'm really pleased you did that with me. You probably wouldn't do it with any of your other guests. So thank you for treating me like a lower class citizen. Um, we were talking <laughs> it's about – It's the third day they've missed the, uh, the protein delivery. They keep coming and then I'm oh, not here you know or they can't get it in. So. First world problems, John. How are you coping in your <laughs> tropical paradise? Well, do you want to take a moment to have a little cry? It's more like the third world, I think, man, technically. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Any- <laughs> anyway, anyway. We just, wrapped, we just wrapped up on networking, I believe. Networking. All right, yeah, yeah. So point of the matter is <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're a networker. I love that. Um, one thing I thought there was I've never seen it codified like this in the way of whole uh, to jump back a little bit to this whole buy someone's product, send them something cool, and then try and get on the phone with them to be like, oh, I just thought, you know, I wanted to connect with you. And it's amazing yeah. how – because people do this, like, I mean, this is, I think this is how we got on the phone the first time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've had this happen before with other people. They, they email and you're like, if you sound cool in the email, usually I'll be like, yeah, I'm happy to get on the phone with you at the chat if, if you sound fun. If you come across and like, can I pick your brain or I'd like oh, to ask you some God, questions yeah. about my – if it's anything to do with business, like it's like, no, there's a coaching call. Like, you know, you can pay for a coaching call or consulting for that. But if you just want to have a chat uh, and you sound fun and, yeah, you just someone I like to connect with, then yeah. cool. Let's connect. I think the people who, you know, just as a little tip, you know, buying someone's product immediately makes people take you seriously. It's like you've invested, you know, I'm not talking necessarily about like a, you know, like a five, ten dollar ebook here. But if you've bought someone's course or you've invested in one of their coaching programs or something, anything like that, anything with a, you know, slightly higher dollar value. Like, you know, you're a customer and they, you know, you've clearly invested in their, their product and they're likely to take you more seriously. And like as John said, you said there, John, um, by being not weird, it gets you very far. 
it's, it's really not, not that tricky. The frame's interesting too, because if you come at it like, oh, I just bought your product and like, you know, I, you know, and you sort of kiss my ass a bit or kiss whoever you're trying to get to's ass. You're like, oh, you're really amazing, and like, you must be like, you basically imply that they're so much better than you. They're not going to want to connect with you either. No, you really need to like approach I, it like we're yeah. on the same level. You've just you're just a little bit a couple of years ahead of me or something like that. But I'm just like you. Let's have a chat. It's got to be like that. Yeah, and the thing is, I, what I found is if you just go in and blow smoke up people's backside. Um, yeah, you just come across as a little fanboy. What I used to do is, uh, you know, this is something that so many people don't do, is I bought, you know, for example, when I bought your product, I mm. bought your product and then immediately used it. Yeah. Then I called you to say, I basically gave you some feedback. I, you know, I think I said about if you wanted a testimony or anything, I'd be happy to give one. You know, and it's not just, it wasn't false, it wasn't disingenuous. I'd used your product, I'd put it into my fitness business, into the autoresponder, and it worked. Yeah. So, you know, I use people's products. You know, I don't necessarily like, I won't buy it one day and then message you straight away to talk to you about it. It's like I'll use it, implement it, try it, you know, give feedback where it's, you know, where it's appropriate. And yeah, that's, that's right. I don't treat, you know, even when I was, you know, piss poor and had nothing, I never saw these people as better than me. I just thought, okay, you've been doing it longer than me. Yep. And that's it. It was a time thing. And, you know, scroll forward nearly two years and, you know, I'm sort of, caught up and actually accelerated past some of those people that I used to buy their programs. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing here is that, like, when you have the conversation, I've had this conversation, like, these sort of questions with a lot of people, and it's sort of, it's stuff like, uh, you know, when you say, like, what, what, what does it mean to be successful, or, like, how do you get successful? It's like, set up a landing page, especially in the internet of marketing. It's like, learning how to write copy, mm-hmm. and all of that's important, but what you've done, I think, that's really accelerated your, uh, your journey, looking from the outside in, is just the people that you've met. It's partly been about, you know, learning from them, just, you know, changing that peer group, but also getting the mentoring from all these different people. You have all these additional perspectives mm. and that then, because you know, every, time, every time I've been to one of these events, especially the higher level ones when you spend a couple of thousand dollars to go, it, it, you have these conversations that, sh- that shift the way you think about things. That then changes how you start operating and acting, you know, as soon as you leave that event and then everything else changes as a result. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. And I thought I'd say, you know, I did a webinar for my little group the other day. And one of the questions about what was the, you know, the single biggest thing that has changed you, your career, you know, basically your trajectory, and it's been having mentors and coaches. I've literally consciously surrounded myself with people way better than me. And every time there's a skill I've needed to learn, so for example, when I needed to learn how to write emails, I badgered, you know, Ben Settle to coach me. When I needed to, I felt I needed to, you know, learn funnels, um, hassled Ryan and, you know, work for him for free for nine months. For, for coaching in, in, in lieu for that you know my current mentor I can't sort of name at the moment but he, he's never worked with anyone before but he lives life exactly how I want to live life but on a huger scale so he's obviously doing what I want to do and that's a key thing if there's someone out there who is living the life you want to live or doing the work that you want to do pay them give them money to share some of their time it's a shortcut to the top so yeah I've spent you know, six figures this this year, well, like 12 months alone on mentoring and coaching, which my friends think is utterly ridiculous. But that has paid back multiple times over. And equally, due to the fact that I've invested in these people, I've become friends with their friends, I'm in their networks, I've scaled up incredibly fast. And that's something that people need to comprehend. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mental bashing online sometimes, you know, people moan that they don't get this or they don't get that out of it. But they're, they're just people at the end of the day, they can't make you do the work. So if my coach or mentor says you need to write this, you need to do that, you need to connect with these people, you need to put out this bit of content, whatever it is they tell me to do, I just do it. I don't question people who are better than me. 
you know, I'm not going to take not being horrible. I'm not going to take some advice from someone who's say lower down relatively because well they haven't done it yet. But you know, these people are seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, my mentor's I think eleven figure earner. It's crazy. Why would I not listen? But you know, I've paid a you know princely sum to have his ear. You know, a couple of hours a week, and everything he tells me, he's, he's done it. It's the shortcut to the top. And it's a you know that's a big takeaway for anyone listening. If you're still listening. I'm bored you to tears by this point. <laughs> is that you know a good mentor, a good coach, will not only develop you as a person, but will bring you into their world and open some seriously big doors for you. Yeah, the mental thing is interesting because I've found, you know, the last years it's probably had like three or four like specific mentors that I've hired to actually you know help mm-hmm. do certain things, and they're good. I usually find it's an interesting thing. You need to find people who you have chemistry with. That's one thing, but I also find that. Partly, you know, it's very much about doing what they tell you. But then certain mentors, like certain people are just good at different things. And like one person is going to be, you know, a generalist, you know, sort of like he's going to be able to help you with the general perspective about things and help you move forward. Once you've got that handled though, you're probably going to be better off getting a new coach who's more going to be focused on the specifics. This is what I found. This has been my personal experience. Mm-hmm. That you find that each coach or each person, just like we all have a specific thing that we're really good at and where we can add most of that, our value. And that's what you'll find with a coach. He'll add, he or she will add most of the value in one, I find, one main area and then you're going to be a lot better off going, you know, going to another one because you're going to be exhausted. You're going to get the growth that you've gotten from one mentor and then after that, you're not going to get that much growth. It'll be like incremental gains. Then you go and get a new, a new coach and over that month or two that you first work with them, I find you get huge amount of growth initially yeah, and then massively. diminishing returns over time. So then you go to the next one. You keep learning from all the I find coaches. three months is a good, you know, I, yeah. I say that to my coaching students as well when I say, you know, I aim for a minimum of three. Because I, I struggle to, do, you know, you I can get some quick results with people, but I find within three months you've cemented it, and anything longer than that, I don't find you really need it, to be honest. And I agree with what you said and move to the next one. But I've I had a I did a video about this a couple of weeks ago whilst I was out in the states, and I see it. I, I've kind of categorised it as coaches and mentors. Hmm. So I see a coach as someone like you said that teaches you a specific skill. So I want to get better at writing sales pages. Okay, well this person's good at that. You can teach me how to do that. Um, I find a mentor is someone who takes more like the 30,000 foot view and is more guiding you as a person throughout like a business, personal and emotional journey. So there's someone who's looking after the, all of you and wants, and that's that, that, you know, I think mentoring is a longer relationship, but coaching. Yeah. I think see coaching is more like a skill acquisition thing. And yeah, every two to three months changing out for someone else who has the same, you know, has a, so another area that you want to develop is a, is a brilliant idea. Yeah. I like that. That's a good distinction. So, we uh, so so entonces, as they say in Spanish. Um, I'm learning Spanish. Yeah. So I'm trying to trying to get it going. <laughs> anyway, uh, entonces, um, we're we're coming up around the end, man. So before we go, though, cool. What I'm sure there's gonna be some people who want to go and search you out, find your coffee with Dan, or find you on Facebook, or hire you as a coach, or something, um, or just tell you how handsome you are. <laughs> you too. <laughs> where uh you know where should they do that how should they get in touch with you is there anything yeah. any product that you have that people can buy or what nah not yet i've got a few little things in the process but yeah um if it's so uh, my website well i've actually got my blog is quite entertaining which is called death glory or disappointment.com um that's where i just ramble about things you can always get in touch with me through there or feel free to join my group. Go on a Facebook and just search for Coffee with Dan. If you see a kind of hirsute gentleman holding a very small espresso cup as the image, that's me. Um, it's a free group. It's an accountability group. It's absolutely buzzing. I've got to be honest. I am really proud of it. The people are in there are 
quite lunatics. There's an awful lot of swearing and abuse, but I've never known the amount of work get done ever. I'm just crazy what's in there. So yeah, join the group or send me a message via my blog. And yeah, I like talking to people and meeting people as you've clearly gathered. So yeah, please feel free to connect. Boom. I just uh, click join the group. So it's pending application. Well, I, I would not be so rude as to have Facebook up during our <laughs> interview. You know, I wouldn't be so rude as to go and answer a protein delivery during the thing you've promised me for a year. But you know, here we are. <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.